In a world where it seems totally normal to listen to a podcast about the Toronto Argonauts, it's the X's and Argos podcast. Welcome to the X's and Argos podcast brought to you by Funny Bone Broth. My name is Ben Grant, joined as always by JB. On this episode of the podcast, we're going to break down some of the cuts that were made this past week. A couple shockers, some that JB and I kind of felt were coming, and yeah, some that were just out of the blue, and a lot that really upset some people because there were some fan favorites in there. So we're going to deal with that entire topic. We're also going to start looking forward to the Hamilton exhibition game this week or preseason game I should say I know everyone hates when I call it exhibition game preseason game this week in Guelph and some of the positional battles we're going to be tuned into and perhaps some of the movement that we may see after this game and what this game in general is going to look like all that more coming up on this episode of the X's and Argos podcast. How are you doing with Cuts, are you feeling okay? I know the Twitterverse was up in arms on the weekend when fan favorites like Tashiki Sato, Chandler Worthy, Antonio Pipkin, Tristan Deku were were released. Uh, are you good? Uh, I am. I, I I think that you know that probably doesn't surprise people. Um, <laughs> I think that look, these are all logical cuts, you know. Um, uh, from a defensive back point of view, I thought Deku was pretty good last year, but with the number of new guys they've signed, I, I think you know the the seventh best defensive back position is filled. So it, it makes sense. I, I think he'll catch on somewhere. Um, I thought he, you know, I, I thought he he definitely flashed talent last year. Um, kicker wise, we knew once the the Aussie came in that that was probably going to be it. Um, but I, I think that you know he has a very good chance of resigning and the uh, on the practice squad. Um, Just going back to Deku for a second before we get to to Toshi, Deku, I thought was was terrific last year, and he was one of the guys that I felt had a real shot at cracking the starting lineup this year because I felt like he was a starting caliber player that we probably had projected on the bench. I think I think we projected him as sort of first man off the bench, and then you had a couple guys come in like Tavares McFadden who was better. And then you also got some really good play from uh, from D'Angelo Amos and we expect big things from Deshaun Amos who's signed in the offseason. And so you're right. All it took is then Maurice Carnell IV playing out of his mind in the, in the double blue game. And suddenly it didn't look so good for Tristan Duku. But I, I am surprised that he hasn't been picked up yet because a couple of these guys have been picked up and were picked up almost immediately. What do you think it is about him that has him still out there because I don't really get it. I, I would for sure there are, there are five teams that I think right now should pick up Deku. Yeah, I, I mean I'm surprised that both BC or Ottawa uh, didn't take him. I I don't know. I mean I know you, if you look at his film, there were definitely you know like like any you know non-starter per se. There were busts. Um, like I wouldn't say that my film study of Deku is exhaustive, but I agree he flashed enough for me in those games, certainly to be worthy of a roster spot uh, for somebody. So I, I am, you know, really surprised. I don't know if he's, he's rethinking or if he's not sure what he wants to do or if he's holding out and hoping maybe uh, a team a little higher up the food chain uh, shows some interest in him. 
Um, I, I don't know what his what his situation is, but I would I would be shocked if he wasn't signed because I agree with you. I think he is a um, a rosterable talent. Uh, I think it just speaks to how deep the Argos defensive backfield is, and you know they've brought in a couple of twitchy new guys um, who just kind of squeezed him out. And like at the end of the day, they're not going to keep ten defensive backs. Based on his tweets, I think he's. I think he just wants to play. I think he wants to sign, and I think he'll. I think he would sign anywhere where he feels like he has a chance to play because I think he wants to prove that that he's a starter. He certainly believes he is, and I do too. So uh, you know, I, I think it. Hopefully, it's only a matter of time. But yeah, I'd love to see him out there. Well, so let's talk about uh, Tashiki Sato. Um, you know, we you know, we love the guy, uh, and and everyone does, and that's why this one was such a hard cut. There were so many. When we posted the cuts list, there were so many people who responded with just simply no uh, exclamation mark because, uh, yeah, he'd won so many people over. He was just, you know, so generous with his time, um, you know, really endeared himself to to fellow players, to fans, to coaches. Nobody had a bad thing to say about him. And he went out there and, uh, you know, he was first guy on, last guy off as well. He was you know, getting in his time among the more entertaining people to watch in practice, too. I loved you know, last year, just watching he and, and Beatty and Reinhardt together uh, were you know, part of my favorite parts of practice. But yeah, like you said, with with now having Haggerty, the punter, as well as Beatty, the field goal kicker, uh, I still think the I, I think the Argos need a practice roster kicker. I just don't think you can go into the season without somebody there because you really don't want you really don't want Haggerty handling field goal duties. And so if something does happen to Beatty and he's starting to get older, you don't really have an answer. And I know kicker, you can kind of, you can kind of bring in and, and throw into the situation. It's not the same as someone learning a playbook, but we saw last year teams had a heck of a time trying to replace kickers all around the league. Winnipeg, uh, you know, went, went through a, a, like a dozen kickers trying to find the right guy. And they still, they still had issues. So I, I really hope he signs back in Toronto. You know, I guess I hope he gets a job somewhere else. Like that would be ideal because I think he deserves it. But if he doesn't, I hope he's back on the Toronto practice squad. It's just unusual in this round of cuts. You don't typically see a lot of these guys come back to practice squad. That's usually the next round's cuts that end up on the practice squad. So I'm a little nervous about that, but I just feel like there needs to be another kicker on this team. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately for Sato, you know, it, it, it's probably in kind of the cold, harsh light of day. Uh, he, you know, he was probably told, keep in shape and, you know, don't, uh, you know, stay by the phone. And, uh, you know, where in essence... He's not on the practice squad, but if somebody gets hurt, they're you know they're going to give him a call. Now, whether he goes back to Japan or not, um, probably will. You know that's probably a conversation he'll have to have. Is you know is he going to hang out and not actually be on the practice squad, or will he return to Japan? So it'll be yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, you, you know they may you know look they may have cut him early. Uh, you know for other teams might give him a look. Sometimes an early cut can be. Uh, a generous thing, you know, for other teams. You know, I thought he looked, I thought his kicks looked good. So, you know, maybe he has a better chance of being picked up with an early cut. So, um, you know, that's the way I would look at it. I, you know, I think we talked about it. we weren't crazy about how he was treating that Edmonton game, but uh, yeah, I hope, I hope he, uh, I hope he gets a look. But 
it's tough. I mean, it's it's a tough racket. He he's a fine kicker, but that that's about it, right? So is that going to be enough to to attract uh, a contract? Uh, I don't know. I, I don't think so. Probably. Well, uh, hopefully he is, if at the very least, back in Toronto because uh, yeah, it would be it'd be great to see yeah, him out there 100%. again. And I do think, like you said, that this organization is class all the time. And I wouldn't be surprised, like you said, that some of these guys were let go early because they knew it was an inevitability that at, at best they're back on the practice squad. And so they thought, well, let's see if a team will will pick them up and give them another shot because we've already seen a you know a couple of people have. And let's let's get to a couple of those guys. So uh, we might have buried the lead here with Antonio Pipkin. Uh, we weren't really surprised about this because we had sort of pretty much immediately thought um, that this was going to be Chad Kelly's job. I, I I don't know, though, if I thought Pipkin would be getting released in this round, mind you. I, I didn't think it would be that early because the Argos, they only have a couple of quarterbacks on the roster now. You've, you're basically leaving the team with three quarterbacks. I don't know if there was any time last year where there were three quarterbacks on the roster. They had four and five most of the season. You're just putting yourself in a, a strange situation. So I would expect the Argos to bring somebody in. But right now it's, yeah, it's McLeod Bethel-Thompson. And then if something happens to him, and, you know, we know, we, you know, we saw at the double blue game how bandaged up he was, you know, it's Chad Kelly's show if something happens. And then it's Austin Simmons and there's no one else left. So um, that's probably an area where they're they're looking. But uh, yeah, they I guess they... Felt maybe Pipkin could have another shot in BC. You know, they had a quarterback injury. Uh, they jump all over and they they sign him. And, you know, good for Antonio Pipkin. I, I wish him well. I hope he hope he sees some success out there. He's a good quarterback. Uh, he It makes sense that he wasn't in the cards here. The way I view it, and this is my own interpretation of what the coaches have said about this transaction. Antonio Pipkin has been in Toronto for a year. He's not new to the system. And in that year, he hasn't shown a ton of improvement, a little bit, but it hasn't been leaps and bounds. And my reading of the situation is that the coaching staff looked at this and they're like, look, he's, he's been here for a year. This is what he is. This basically is his, his floor and his ceiling. And Chad Kelly came in and in a week showed visible improvement. And they're just looking at these two guys and they're like, well, in a month's time, Chad Kelly is going to be well past him if he isn't already. And so it just made sense and probably financial sense too. So the, that move, the timing of it may surprise me just because I didn't think we'd be left with three quarterbacks, but it, the move makes sense. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I think we talked about it. Um, you know, Pipkin is clearly the better backup. And if you need a guy to come in in the fourth quarter and because of an injury and keep the ship heading in the right direction, well, he is the better choice than Kelly. There, there is a risk there. Because, you know, I don't think Chad Kelly, in my opinion, is probably ready to be a backup quarterback uh, in the CFL. But, you know, on the other hand, you look at it and you think, you know, really, what are we going to do? Like, if Pipkin starts eight games, well, I mean, this kind of, you know, we're folding our cards anyways. So, you know, let's just go with the kid and give him more snaps and more reps and uh and see how that goes so i you know i can see the argument against it but i i like it you know i give give the kid more snaps see what you have yeah and i like him i've everything i've seen has been a positive the leadership too even just seeing that you know he's the guy breaking down the team uh, after 
after Coach Dinwiddie's speech uh, after the Ottawa game, you know, things like that uh, speak very highly. Now, I, I know a lot of the a lot of the guys that would normally be doing that weren't dressed for that game. I think that's largely why. But still, he's the guy that's stepping in to do that. He's a leader, and he looks the part out there, and he's getting better every practice. And I'm excited to see him this week in Guelph uh, against Hamilton because I think he'll take another couple steps. Let's talk about Chandler Worthy. Uh, this is a tough one for me because Chandler Worthy has one of those elements that you can't teach, which is unreal speed. And we've talked about before how this hasn't, for some reason, translated into the CFL game. But the fact is, this is a this is a 4-2 guy. This is one of the fastest players in the league. And you always get nervous releasing a guy like that. And you knew, of course, he was going to get picked up immediately because everyone else looks around. It's not like there's handfuls of 4-2 guys just sitting there. And so Montreal picks him up. Uh, I get why he's released. Part of me really hates it, though. I think it's Jake Koo all over again. You know, I mean, we talked about it. He was, he was clearly the odd man out. Um, with the new guys they brought in, I think they felt like they had um, twitchier, higher ceiling guys than Worthy. I mean, I think I think it's very much a Pipkin cut. This guy's fine. He is a CFL roster talent level player. Uh, but at the end of the day, you're like, if this is who he is, well, we we feel like we can we can have somebody else because that because really, if you're looking at the bottom of your depth chart. You're looking for somebody there with a high ceiling. You don't, you know, you don't need your eighth wide receiver to be who he is, right? You're you're looking for a guy there who, you know, maybe you catch lightning in a bottle. I think that just makes more sense to to have that at the bottom of your rosters to keep guys who, you know, maybe don't turn in anything, but maybe really do, um, as opposed to a guy where, you know, Worthy got I thought plenty of shots and it just, you know. Well, you know, whether the offensive corner just wasn't wasn't feeling it or, you know, it just never he just never turned into the weapon um, that, you know, that he might have been. So, I, you know, I'm I'm behind that. I think it's a tough cut, but I think it's a logical cut. The way I look at Chandler Worthy is because everyone was, you know, looking at Lucky Whitehead in, in BC and said, well, why can't you know, those guys are basically the same speed. How, you know, how come one is breaking games wide open and and we're having trouble getting the ball to Worthy? And, you know, we looked last year, like, let's get him involved in punt return, kick return. Let's get him quick screens and jets. And and it just nothing, nothing was there. If you look down south at Tyreek Hill and John Ross, that to me is a similar comparison. So you got Tyreek Hill and John Ross, two of the fastest players in the NFL. Tyreek Hill, a, a game breaker who has you know, not single-handedly, but certainly helped get his team to Super Bowl appearances, was, you know, one of the biggest difference makers on the field. John Ross, who is faster, just couldn't get it done with Cincinnati, couldn't get it done with New York. And and you're sort of at a loss. You're saying, well, this guy runs so quickly. How come we can't find a way to get him involved? But it's because there's more to football than just track speed. And and this the thing that Worthy and Ross both have in common is that while they are incredibly fast, they have never looked quite that fast on the football field. Uh, and it's they, they have never really blown anyone away that way. So it's a similar thing. I'm hoping for him. I like Chandler Worthy quite a lot. Uh, I hope he, he makes it Montreal. It's tough to say that because I kind of don't also because I just don't want Montreal to be any good. But, I you know, for him personally, I, I'd love to see it work because 
He's worked really hard. And, uh, you know, as much as I hate former Argos coming back to haunt us because so many seem to, uh, I am pulling for him. Some of the uh, the other names uh, we saw, uh, Solomon Ajay, uh, Jake Fauci, um, Drez Anderson, uh, who got into a couple games last year, receiver, but, you know, same thing with Chandler Worthy. There just wasn't a spot this year. Kendall Futrell, defensive lineman, uh, who... You know, we, we weren't sure what to, we were expecting from him. He had trouble getting on the field in Ottawa last year, so expectations weren't hugely high. Uh, Asnel Robo, I was really sad to see, and I hope he's picked up somewhere else. He's such a valuable global player. He's someone I got to know fairly well. It was my, my first ever interview in French that I conducted. If you didn't get a chance to see that, you can see that on our YouTube page. Uh, I run the entire interview in French and realized very quickly that... I, I don't know football French uh, as well as I know conversational French, but he was very polite and uh, walked me through it. But yeah, he was he was a guy I was really sad to see go. He'll probably get picked up somewhere because as a global player, his value is high and he's been a special teams contributor uh, from from the word go, going all the way back to to Calgary. And then the last guy we should talk about is, is Brady Sheldon, who got picked up almost immediately by Edmonton. Brady Sheldon has NFL experience. He's got those measurables. He's a huge individual. But we just weren't that impressed with his play last week. And that may have been that may have been the the final coffin there. You know, you graded the linebackers as a unit as as having failed. Yeah. And so I, I mean yeah. I, I didn't think the linebacker play was very strong at all, especially from the Mac. Um, you know, I thought it was slow. I thought there were gaps. I didn't feel like it worked well um with the defensive lineman um you know it it there was certainly nothing on tape if you look at that there was nothing on tape that made you feel like okay this is somebody we should keep so i mean that that cut makes sense to me i, I didn't think he i didn't think he performed and i mean look i thought there was a spot open or it's not like there's a it's not like we're carrying four great max uh but he was not one of them from that film so you look coach out in Edmonton might have his own opinions and, you know, full credit to him, but uh, not not from what I saw. And there's a door open now for Jonathan Jones or Jack Kassar. If he can, if he can get onto the, onto the football field, we'll see how that goes on Friday. Let's turn our attention to this Friday's game and sort of some guys that we're really interested in seeing on the field. So what I gather from, what Coach Dinwiddie has said to us this week is that the starters are going to play about a, a quarter and a half to a half. So somewhere between, somewhere in that second quarter, um, the starters are going to start getting pulled. I, I'm personally hoping, like if McLeod Bethel-Thompson is out there and I expect him to be for the first quarter, I would love to see McLeod only play a quarter. And I would like to see Chad Kelly come in, leave all the rest of the starters in there, but just let's take a look at him with all those pieces, because I think that's an important evaluation moment. Because I think you've got to look and see if if it if he looks really really raw, and he might, with all the other starting pieces around him, then I think that tells you as an organization we need to we do need to get a vet in here. We need to pick up somebody. I guess you know a guy, we need to pick up a guy like Antonio Pipkin. Uh, maybe you know not exactly that, but you may need somebody in there just in case, because like you said, I I just don't know if he's ready yet, and that's your chance to see it. Put him in in the second quarter with all the starters. If you're going to keep them in for most of the half anyway, see how he looks. He may look great, or he may look almost ready. 
but he may not. <laughs> Maybe I. I think he'll probably look a little a little overwhelmed. But I agree. I would love to see uh, positional, um, you know, positional strategy being applied here. You know, like I, you know, look. I would I would bring if it were me. You know, I'd bring Macbeth out after a first down, and then like you know, basically simulating an injury. Here you go. We're we're one minute in the second half, and now you're second and five. You know, go get them. Um, you know, that's what I would do. I think I think that that's useful to to have the starters and to get dropped right into the middle of play and see how it goes. You know, like um, you know, the same way you would if if the quarterback got hurt. Uh, quarterback's not necessarily going to get hurt at a nice, easy, clean time for you. So that's what I would do. I would I would have it be a really odd, um, kind of um, awkward starting time and distance, and and take a look because who cares, you know? If this this is for learning, um, so that's that's what I do. Especially when you're playing Hamilton and you know you want vanilla of vanilla. Um, you know, I, that's what I would, I would do it a couple of times. I would, you know, give him a different look, um, to, to drop him into different scenarios. This is sort of a, a bit off topic, uh, but just to go off on a little tangent here, do you play this game differently because you've got a week one buy or does that not factor in? Would you play this the same way as if you had a game week one? Um, in terms of how long the starters play? That and, you know, just how you approach it in general. I guess I'm mostly talking about how long the starters play, but I, I guess what you do with it. Uh, no, I don't think so. I, I, I would I would treat it the exact same way. I think you're 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 treating it as um, a really fancy scrimmage where somebody's nice enough to pay for all the reps. And, <laughs> you know, you're going to be able to get a look at a couple of different things and you're trying to get out healthy and that's it. You know, I, I wouldn't treat it. And especially when you're playing Hamilton, you know, I'd have a 10 play playbook like, Oh, that play didn't work. Like who cares? Um, you know, I think you're just looking for, you know, route running. You're looking for, you know, you're looking for fundamentals from, from, you know, to, to analyze on film, um, you know, and some down and distance stuff, you know, maybe a couple of few high leverage moments and that's about it. So yeah, I, I it, it doesn't affect it to me. I would, I wouldn't have my starters more than a half. If we look at the offensive side of the ball first, so we talked about we're, we're not, I, I don't, can't imagine any quarterbacks are getting released uh, for, you know, coming uh, after this weekend because they've only got three here unless unless they magically pick up a few. It's, it just doesn't seem likely. Running backs are pretty low. Fullbacks are pretty low. These guys are all probably on the, either on the dress roster or the practice squad. There's not a lot of guys there. Receiver and O line though, there's some movement. Are you more interested in in watching the receivers for in terms of like cuts and and you know who's going to make the roster? Are you more into O line or receivers for yeah, this one? Yeah, pro- I mean, for me, it's probably um, receivers and defensive backs. Um, I'm I'm interested in seeing. I think there's still a fight at defensive back uh, for a couple of guys um, and and receiver. You know, I mean, I hope guys are. Uh, I mean, hopefully everybody's healthy. And guys can get a real look because I, you know, I think there are a couple of guys that, you know, it's tough. Like you know, you you know, you can't make the club from the tub. Yeah, let's talk about some of those receivers. So, it's so unusual at this stage. Like you, you want to try and keep Canadians if you can at pretty much any position. That's always you know your practice roster is is filled with Canadians. 
But we look at some of these battles that are going on with some of the American receivers. Uh, DeMonte Coxey, uh, Jamari Hester, A.J. Richardson, uh, Darice Roberson. These guys are, or Isaiah Wright as well. These guys are all going to be fighting probably for one or two spots. I, I was actually surprised but happy that Darice Roberson made it past that first cut. I didn't think he was going to. I, I didn't see him out there a lot. I didn't feel like the coaches were giving him a ton of time. And they were, certainly weren't throwing the ball his way. And so to me, it looked early like they just, you know, they'd already kind of made up their mind on him. But the fact that he's still in there is encouraging because I do think he can be a player. I think he can be exciting in the return game. But then, you know, one of the one of my favorite guys in the entire offseason, A.J. Richardson, has come to life as as we kind of thought he would. He's a, he's a real player. His film is excellent. And he's got that Boise State tie and that, you know, we, we knew was going to be magic. Um, and he's had a great week leading up to to this Hamilton game. So uh, if I had to make the call right now, I would say that A.J. Richardson makes the team. And I, and I would feel he's really close uh, to being on that dress roster too. But yeah, look out for Isaiah Wright because of that special teams ability. And Jamari Hester, who made that touchdown catch in the double blue game, He's gonna have to. He's gonna have to have a really good game, and and you know, same can be said for Demonte Coxey. Like they're gonna have to really perform in order to still be here next week. Yeah, it's really, it's really a crazy deep um, room, and and a lot of those guys are gonna get cut. You know, they're just you're just not gonna be able to keep nine or ten wide receivers. And it speaks to the talent level of the Argos. Like when you're making cuts, and right away everybody is you know going through them and signing guys and you're not signing anybody from anyone else's cuts it tells you the quality of the roster and one of two things either you're you know either your your coaching staff and management don't have any idea what they're doing or you've got a really good roster and i think it's the latter in this case uh it's it's a lot of talent and you know we've said that from the word go i expect that to be the same in this next round of cuts where you're going to see even more of these guys get picked up by other clubs and probably only one or two uh, guys get picked up by the Argos. I think maybe quarterback uh, might be where they're looking. But other than that, yeah, I just, I don't know. And O-line, uh, again, I think it's I think it's the Americans. And this is the positional group that I am probably most interested in watching. I think we're set on our starting five with, uh, you know, we've got uh, Dijon Allen at right tackle now. Uh, Isaiah Cage, left tackle, Philip Blake, and Darius Bladek as the guards. And for now, it's Justin Lawrence at center until Peter Nicastro is healthy. And then, you know, after that, uh, you've, you're going to keep your Canadians. I, I'm pulling for Mushtaba Mary. Uh, you know, he was a late cut last year. I'm hoping he can make the practice squad this year. That would be really cool to see. And then all the rookies in there, Braden Knoll um, and uh, Gregor McKellar. I, I just don't see movement from. So really, you're now looking at Martez Ivy uh, in a battle, um, you know, just just to basically see if he can if he can make the club. If they're going to uh, between he and Travon Tate, are they going to keep one of those guys and to keep both of those guys? Uh, I, I think that's going to be an interesting one to watch. So anytime Tate Ivy uh, are on the field, I'm really going to pay attention to what they're doing because I, I don't know if they they both make this team. Let's cross to the defensive side of the ball. The, the D-line still, we're sort of desensitized to it because it was like this last year too. This D-line is still ridiculous and they've still got like, you know, two dozen guys here on the on the D-line. And now you've got Ja'Gar Davis who has arrived. It was pretty cool seeing him in, 
in Argo Blue, uh, and everyone else is starting to step up. You've got you know Coney Ely, who's who's you know ready to. Uh, ready to repeat what he did last year when he was healthy. Sean Oakman uh, is ready to go, and then a couple of guys that look great. Like I, I've been so impressed with with Tracy, and I, I didn't know what to expect because he had retired. I think I came into you know I, I, Adrian Tracy was good a few years ago when he played with Hamilton, but you know after he retired, I thought, well, you know he wants to you know come back. Maybe this is a coach wanting to give him another look or whatever else. He looks great out there. And you've got him and Shane Ray, Robbie Smith playing out of his head. I don't know how many guys that are looking at keeping, but there's going to be like five guys that are probably cut from this group. And I just don't know where you do it. No, it, it, it's a pretty talented group. I mean, I, I mean, Robbie Smith seems to be flashing a little bit as maybe their, their best outside rush guy. I, I'd love to see Ray look. I'd love to see Ray look great in the first quarter. Um, you know, like he, I think they're basically, <clears throat> he's their guy on the outside. Um, so I'd, I'd love to see him really stand out, to be honest. Um, I, I haven't seen it yet. So that's, that's, that's what I'm looking for is, is can Shane Ray look like a, a, he should look like a starter out there. He should look like a difference maker. Um, you know, because I think that. That's one that he's probably the one on the defensive line I have my eye on um, the most, and and polite. I'd like to see you. You know, he's got the he's got the resume, um, he's got the measurables. I, I'm I'm curious to see what polite might look like out there. Hopefully, he can get some some real reps. Yeah, there's there's so many. That's so. I guess that'll be my focus on the defensive side of the ball is watching that D line. So O line D line for me, and uh, you'll probably focus in on receivers and DBs and. And we'll compare notes at the end, and of course have our, our post game podcast as well. Let's talk about the rest of the uh, the DB. Or sorry, the rest of the defense linebacker. Uh, are you like me, where you just want Mwamba uh, to get off the field as fast as possible, and Winton McManus too? Probably like those two guys are locked in. We know they're they're the starters. You got Enoch at at Mac again. Winton McManus is obviously going to be the will. I don't even know if I want to see them play. Uh, they they look so good in practice together. They're already in tune with each other. I'm just not sure it's worth even a few snaps. I, I don't even know if I would do it. I might just sit both those guys from the get-go because you've got a job to do after that. They don't know who the backup Mac and the backup Will is going to be uh, at this point. So I, I think Trevor Hoyt is probably in the mix for backup Will. Uh, but, you know, beyond that, it could be anybody. So I, why why play McManus and Mwamba? No, agreed. I, I wouldn't either. Um, I would, you know, I would just let the guys go out there and, you know, <clears throat> rotate through a couple of guys at Mac and, uh, you know, see if anybody can hold their own. And then you've got yourself a backup. But uh, I, 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 I wouldn't either. Like, you know what he can do. He's a veteran guy. He doesn't He doesn't need snaps. He doesn't need any of it. You know, let's just keep keep looking to see if any of the guys behind him, um, you know, can be good for 10 snaps a game if you need them. And in terms of the DBs, uh, I'm, I'm excited to see the full group out there. It won't be the full, full group because uh, Shaq Richardson's still not there, who we're expecting to play boundary half. But uh, with Robertson Daniel probably filling in for him at boundary half, 
we know we're probably going to see uh, Jamal Peters and Jalen Collins on the corners. You're going to see Deshaun Amos uh, field half. And uh, where else we go? Royce Mechie, uh, obviously, is our, is our safety. And I guess with Chris Edwards' suspension coming up, uh, I, I'm kind of expecting the way this is broken down. Initially, I was thinking Robertson Daniel as the Sam, and I think it's going to be D'Angelo Amos. I think that's that's where they're they're leaning, and so I wouldn't mind seeing him get starting time. I know Chris Edwards has has been rolling with the ones, and I feel like now might be the time to turn to whoever that guy is going to be. And if it's D'Angelo Amos, then then that's that's who should be out there with the ones this week. I think. Yeah, it's an interesting conversation, you know. Um, depends, right? I, I think as a coach, it's it's tough to – you have a guy who wants to play, you know, really, like, desperate to play and is a blue flame guy. It's hard to, to not let him get his snaps while he can. So I, I understand that. Like, I think, you know, sometimes these choices aren't made in a vacuum, so – um, it wouldn't be. It wouldn't surprise me if Chris Edwards basically just sort of um, needs to get a quarter of reps um, to to keep him from tearing apart people at practice. Is your mind made up on Tavares McFadden? Because mine is. I like. I think he's. I think he's on the team right now. Yeah, I I, I really like him. I, I like him. I like um, you know Carnell. Um, I want to see more from Carnell. I'm not. I'm not 100% sold. And the only reason I'm not 100% sold on him is that with that, you know, with all the injuries that the Hamilton defensive backfield went through last year, he really wasn't able to get a sniff. Uh, they had him moving around. I know they were, they moved him from corner to, to field half, uh, but he couldn't get off that practice roster. And, and, you know, that happens sometimes and you get a different coaching staff and suddenly like he looked amazing. He he was the best defensive back on the field in the double blue game. Uh, wasn't, you know, didn't shine quite as bright after that. But I want to see more from him. I really like to see a, a lot of playing time from him so we can properly evaluate him. Is he somebody that just had a great scrimmage and that stood out uh, and, is you know, looked good in a few practices or um, or is he the real deal and he's changed and he's now a different player? And he's, you know, the the quality that that should be out there on on a dress roster. So I'm going to be watching him pretty closely too. Special teams is uh, all all set. Um, it's another thing that I, I kind of don't want to. I really don't want to be in a situation where we're having to do too much kicking and punting. It went so well last week, and BD was just coming off the streak of being on fire last year. I just don't, I, I don't want that, that sort of mojo to end. So I, I kind of don't even want to see Boris Beattie attempt a field goal. Uh, just <laughs> no. like, let's, let's let that ride into the season. No, I just, let, let, he's got to go kick. Kicking's all about reps. I don't know. And just last week with Haggerty punting so beautifully, every punt was perfect. I don't even want to see him punt anymore. Uh, I don't know. Kicking and punting, it's, it's so mental. I just feel like you can get... You can get thrown off so quickly. Like no. you, you've coached special Come teams, on. I haven't. Yeah, they should play. You know, Come on, we're not going to bench the friggin' kickers. No, we're not saying bench him. I just, I re- let's just go for it on third down and. Uh, well, I'm okay to with that to a, you know to an extent. Like I think again, I'm I'm in favor of positional, you know, fill. Like, like okay, we got we got third and three. What are, what, are, what are we going to run? What's a, what's a third and three play? Um, you know that we like. Can we? 
you know, can we get a yard if we need it? Um, you know, and I, I think those tests are, are super important in exhibition. Go, go find out, you know, okay. O-line versus D-line. Can we, can we get a yard when we need it right now? And it's like, nope. Okay. Well then that, you know, then you got to go back in the lab. So I do hope they are more aggressive on third down for sure. Uh, but get those guys their reps, but. If they do get reps, then this is what I want to see. I would like to see somebody other than Jake Reinhardt snapping just because we know he can do it. He's, he's the best. He's there. I want to see them try out. They've got, they've got like five guys on this roster who can long snap. Take your best one that isn't Reinhardt and throw him out there and let's see what that looks like and get somebody else holding the football that is not McLeod Bethel Thompson so that we can, so that we can see that. And you know, they did, they did that last week, but it wasn't BD kicking. I want someone else holding for BD because it's going to have to happen. And so if he's going to be kicking, let's, let's at least have that change. Um, that's another thing that I want to see. Yeah, although I it's, mean, it's right. minor. I, he can't, he can't be holding more. Agreed. But I don't know. Sometimes as a coach, you're like, look, we don't want this to be, you know, a clown show out here. JB and I will both be at the game. Uh, I'll be live tweeting. We will give you everything we can. And it's going to be a pretty late podcast after this game because we've got to, you know, wrap up post-game press conferences, drive back from Guelph, and then hit record. This may be, we may be into the wee hours of the morning by the time this one comes out. But you can start off your Saturday with a fresh (laughs) cup of coffee in your X's and Argos mug and listen to our exhausted voices as we break down this preseason game for you. I get some spicy takes when I get tired. Yeah, this you think you think you think JB is (laughs) crass and insensitive now. (laughs) Wait till we're recording at 2 a.m. One in the morning. Yeah, exactly. Mm hmm. Well, I am looking forward to the game. I can't wait for it to be Friday. For JB, this is Ben Grant saying so long, and may all your pre-snap reads be good ones. I'll see ya. Go Toronto Argos, go, go, go. Pull together, fight the foe.